Welcome to TaxSell Podcast, where tax sell investing is made easy. I'm, of course, Casey Dimon, your host. I'm a veteran tax sell investor, founder of the Tax Sell Academy, and author of the Tax Sell Playbook. Today, we'll be discussing tax liens. Now, if you recall from a previous episode, the tax lien system is one of the four different types of systems used in our country. The others are going to be a tax deed system, redeemable deed system, and the hybrid system. But again, today we're talking about tax liens. We'll be going over what tax liens are, as well as the different types of tax lien systems that are used. So in a general sense, you have tax liens. And inside the tax lien title, I guess, title umbrella, whatever you want to call it, you have specific types of tax lien systems. Now, the tax lien system is used in a number of different states, and it's one of the more common types of systems used right alongside the tax deed system. So tax liens. They're used in Arizona, Montana, Colorado, Nebraska, South Dakota, Iowa, Montana, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, West Virginia, Maryland, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Vermont. I might have missed one or two, but that's just about most of them. Now, as with every type of tax foreclosure system, the process always begins the same exact way. The process will begin when the owner of the property, when the owner of that piece of real estate fails to pay their property taxes on time. When they don't pay their taxes, the tax foreclosure system kicks in the gear. Now, in a tax lien state, what happens is the owner is late paying their taxes, of course. That's how it always starts. Once this happens, after a set period of time, the counties auction off a lien against the property. Now, this period of time will vary from state to state, but usually when a tax lien is sold, it's sold fairly quickly after the taxes become delinquent. You know, it could be 30 days, it could be 45 days, it, you know, it might be 60 days, it might be a year, but typically it's fairly soon after the taxes become delinquent. So when the tax lien auction is held, an investor will purchase the tax lien. So basically all this investor is doing is he's paying the taxes on behalf of that owner. He's given the county money on behalf of that owner in exchange to own that tax lien. So for the county, they will immediately receive any taxes that they're owed. They're made whole immediately after that lien is purchased. They're very happy with this system. That's why they love this system in a lot of different states because the truth is they sell that lien fairly quickly after the taxes become due. The tax lien investor pays them the money to buy that tax lien. But for the county, from their perspective, that means that they get the money. That means they can meet their budgets fairly quickly. They don't have to wait to sell the property or anything like that. So the county is happy. They really don't care who the money comes from as long as they have that money to meet their budgets so they can provide services and amenities as most people in that area have come to expect. So in exchange for paying those taxes and buying that tax lien, the tax lien investor will earn a return on their money. Now, as far as how much or percentage or whatever else this return is, it depends on the specific state. And we're going to get more to this in detail shortly. But it could be 20%, 50%, or the truth is, it could be more. And it could even be a negative return if they purchase that tax lien incorrectly. Now, once an investor buys that tax lien, the defaulting or the delinquent owner still has the opportunity to make their payments. They don't automatically lose the property or anything like that. So when a tax lien investor buys that lien, the owner still has a window of time in which they can redeem that lien. They can cancel that lien. And the way that they cancel that lien is they make payment of the amount of taxes that are due, any additional fees that the county charges, 
and any interest that is due to that tax lien holder. So again, they have a window of time to do this. If they do it in that window of time, if they pay everything off, that lien's gonna be canceled. Once it's canceled, the investor will receive their investment back, usually plus interest, and the property owner would then be considered current for that specific year's taxes. So the taxes, they end up getting paid around 95% of the time. So if you own a tax lien, you can count, if you own enough of them, 95% of the time, on average, you're gonna get paid back for that lien. The owner of that property is going to pay you back. You're gonna earn interest on your money, typically. Now, for the other 5% of the time, the taxes will go unpaid. So if you own 100 liens, on average, five of those liens will have taxes that go unpaid. So they have that window of time. The property owner has that window of time to pay off that tax lien and cancel that lien. That window of time expires around 5% of the time is what they say stats indicate. So in that 5% of the time, the taxes go unpaid, and then you have the ability to acquire that property. So again, if they don't pay off those taxes, fees, and penalties within a lot of time, the tax lien holder can become the owner of the property. Now, the process to gain ownership of that property, well, it can be complex more than some people realize. Now, every state is just a little bit different, but there are two primary systems that are utilized. The first system is what I refer to as the easy system. In these particular states, the tax lien holder simply completes the paperwork and files it with the county. They say, okay, I bought the lien this state, they were supposed to pay me back on this state, and they did not pay me back, I'm submitting my paperwork. Once that's completed, the county reviews it, they approve it, and then the property is simply transferred into the name of the tax lien holder. It's as easy as that. In other areas, it's not that easy. It's a lot more difficult. Some states actually view the tax lien holder as just another lien holder. In other words, you have a lien against the property, just like a bank has a lien against the property, or maybe the city has a lien, or maybe a mechanic has a lien against the property. Now, even though your lien might be superior to other liens that exist, it is still just a lien in the eye of some states. A lien itself, of course, does not provide ownership, but it does give you the ability to foreclose that lien, and in some areas, you're actually required to pursue a full-blown judicial foreclosure. So just like you have a mortgage that is in default and you need to foreclose that mortgage, you have to go through the same exact process. So what this means is that you must file the correct legal documents to foreclose your tax lien if you want to become the owner of that property. And the truth is, in order to realize your investment, you have to foreclose that lien because the owner of the property obviously is not gonna pay you back. So the only way you can profit from your investment is to foreclose that lien. Now, some investors do choose to handle this process themselves while others hire attorneys to handle it for them. The process can be very tedious, very time consuming. If you don't know what you're doing, they're gonna keep kicking documents out time and time again and the courts are gonna just get so aggravated with you, it's gonna take you forever to foreclose that lien. So again, you can do it yourself, you can hire attorneys. Now, one thing you have to really factor in is the expense of this. In fact, you actually should have factored this in prior to even purchasing that lien in the first place. So you have to think to yourself, I'm buying this tax lien. I wanna make interest on my money, but I need to buy it at such a price where if I have to pay an attorney to foreclose that lien for me, and by the way, most attorneys are gonna charge $1,500 or more to foreclose a lien and go through the whole foreclosure process. So I have to know that if I'm gonna buy that lien, there's a 5% chance that we're gonna have to go through the process of foreclosure. So I need to buy that lien at such a price where I can add $1,500 or more to foreclose that lien, sell that property, and still make money. Can I do it? 
If you can, it might be a good investment. If you can't, skip that lien in the first place because again, there is a chance that the only way you'll profit, the only way you'll realize your investment from that property is for going through the expense and the hassle of a tax foreclosure. But again, you have two different types of systems. You have the easy system, and then you have a hard system. Easy system, file paperwork. Hard system, go through a whole tax foreclosure, all that good stuff. So what you need to do is you need to make sure you really have a full grasp and full understanding of the state's laws in your area and exactly how they're going to work. Now, with either of these systems, once the lien has come due and isn't paid, and once you foreclose that lien, or once you acquire ownership pursuant to state laws, you become the owner of that property. There is no redemption period after that point. You're welcome to sell your property, rent the property, or use it how you would any other type of investment. Now, let's go ahead and let's take a few steps back. If you recall, I said that only 5% of tax lien properties actually get to the point where the tax lien holder will obtain ownership. So the whole foreclosure process and filing the paperwork, that applies to just those 5% where they don't pay you back, where they don't pay your money. This means that 95% of the properties actually never make it to the point of the tax lien holder obtaining ownership. So in this situation where the tax lien holder does not obtain ownership, where it's 95% of the time, how does a tax lien holder actually make their money? Well, there's a few different types of scenarios but most involve interest on their investment, interest on the money that they front to pay those taxes. And we're gonna talk about the most common tax lien systems that are used. The first tax lien system that are used is called an overbid state. In an overbid state, an investor is buying a tax lien worth the amount of the taxes that are due. The taxes due are known as the face value of the lien. So if the taxes come out to $1,200 that are due, the face value of that lien is $1,200. So a tax lien buyer in an overbid state will usually end up paying more than the face value in order to have the ability to own that lien. So for a $1,000 lien, they might pay $1,100. This means they bought the rights to a $1,000 lien by paying $1,100. So their overbid in this particular case is a $100 overbid. Now in an overbid state, the interest is gonna be set by state law typically. So the investor will know that that lien will earn a set amount of interest per month. Then they'll base their maximum bid amount around that set amount of interest that they're expecting to earn. So in our example, where the lien was $1,000 at face value and it was purchased for $1,100, we had an overbid of $100. So that investor must make at least $100 in interest before the lien is redeemed or canceled in order to even break even. So if the interest rate is set at 1.5% per month, for instance, it'll take that investor six and a half months to break even off their investment. So if the lien is redeemed in those six and a half months, prior to six and a half months, I should say, he's gonna lose money. So if it's redeemed in month one, month two, month three, month four, month five, month six, before month six and a half, he's going to lose money. His interest will not account for at least $100. Now, if it's redeemed after six and a half months, if it takes at least six and a half months to redeem that lien, he's going to make money. It's definitely a calculated risk. Now, obviously, the best case scenario is that you buy the lien for the face value, and that's all you pay for it, because then month one, you're making money. But the truth is, a lot of other people want to make money, so this rarely happens in overbid states. Now, something else to note is in reference to your overbid. In our example, we have a $100 overbid. In some areas, the overbid actually earns interest also. 
In other areas, it does not earn interest. So the overbid also might or might not be reimbursed to you depending on that area. So again, be sure to check on your state's laws and exactly how it works in the area where you're buying overbid tax liens. Now, if the lien isn't redeemed by the time allowed by law, the investor would, of course, have the ability to foreclose that lien like we previously discussed. Another type of tax lien system is called a bid-down system. With this type of system, the investor willing to accept the lowest interest rate on their investment is the investor who will be able to purchase that lien. So what will happen is the tax lien investor will pay the face value for the lien. So if it's $1,000, they're going to definitely, they will absolutely pay $1,000 for that lien. But what happens is the bidding will start off by the highest allowable interest rate as set by state law. From there, the lien buyer in a bid down system state will bid down that interest rate until the bidding stops at the lowest acceptable interest rate for that lowest bidding buyer. Okay, so let me add an example just to kind of give you something that makes more sense. So we have a lien that's $1,000. Face value is $1,000. That's what's owed. That's what the investor will pay. He'll pay $1,000. Bidding starts at 25%. That's the highest allowable interest rate allowed in that particular state. One bidder might bid 20%. Another bidder might bid 15%. Another bidder might bid the lowest amount, the lowest bid of 10%. So you're not bidding dollars, you're actually bidding percentages and you're working down. Whoever is willing to accept the lowest amount of interest on their investment will win that bid. So the last bidder, he'll pay $1,000 for that lien and then he'll receive 10% on his investment. So again, all the investors in a bid down state will be paying the same exact amount. They'll be paying face value for that lien. The difference is the amount of interest that they're willing to earn on their money. Now, it is important to note that in some bid down states, the state does have some sort of penalty, a fee or maybe a minimum interest rate that is set. So this could be a state that has a bid down process, but they might have a minimum 2.5% fee due to the tax lien holder. So you might even bid 1%, but they're still going to get 2.5% in certain areas. So, you know, you also might have a $50 fee or $100 fee that goes to the investor. So you might pay whatever interest rate there is plus $100. So that's something you have to kind of figure out. And uh, it's definitely something you have to keep in mind. So those are the two most popular types of tax lien auctions. You have your overbid auctions and your bid down auctions. With these two, you have lots of control and you know exactly what you're getting yourself into when you buy that lien. You know exactly what you're doing. There are a couple of other types of tax lien auctions that we'll also discuss since they do exist and they are certainly more challenging types of systems for the investors and you're soon gonna see why. Okay, so the next one is your random selection process. That's right, random selection. This is also referred to as the lottery format. This format will start one of two different ways. The first is that the property is in a bid-down state and multiple buyers want to buy that lien. And they all want to bid it down all the way down to 0%. Everybody says, I'll accept 0% interest on that particular lien. Now, obviously, the hope here is that the owner would fail to redeem that lien because they aren't making a whole lot of money. They're making 0% plus maybe a penalty or fee or something like that. It's pretty far-fetched, but nonetheless, it can happen. So when two or more bidders will accept 0% in a bid-down state, they might convert it then to the random selection or lottery format. What will happen is what we're going to discuss, and basically they just choose by random selection or by lottery who gets that lien. So if everybody wants to bid zero on it, 
you know, they're willing to accept zero in a bid down state. The random selection chooses the person that wins that lien. Now, in the second type of way, the second process that a random selection or lottery system is used is a permanent type system. They always use this type system. Basically, that's just how the county does it. So what you have, you have a set interest rate that is offered for that lien, and then they'll use a random selection to choose the buyer for that lien. It's a really, it's, it's kind of pretty simple. That's, that's really all there is to it. They just choose somebody at random to purchase that lien. And that's, you know, that's it. So what happens is a lien will come up. The auctioneer or the county typically will randomly select somebody to purchase that lien. Now that person can buy the lien or they can pass on that lien. So you don't have to buy it if they choose your number, if they choose you, whatever it is. And then the next person can buy that lien or they can pass that lien. They'll keep going until they sell that lien. So you're basically told what you can purchase. And there's a chance that the guy next to you might also be able to purchase what he wants to purchase. And based on how lucky you might be, they could choose his number 10 different times. He could purchase 10 liens and you might not ever be chosen. So you might just have a unlucky day and you might not get the chance to purchase a single lien. It's completely random. Now, after you buy the lien that you're told you can purchase, it works like any other tax lien. You wait the required time, you pay the amount. Of course, you're buying that tax lien. You wait the required time, you get paid back plus your interest. And if you aren't paid, then you can foreclose that lien. So you're literally, you're sitting there and you're waiting for them to choose you. They choose you, they say, Mr. Dimnan, we have lien number 4227. Do you wanna buy it? Yes or no, we need your answer in 10 seconds. You look at it and you say, I don't know if I wanna buy it or not. Nope, don't wanna buy it. They pass it, sell it to the next guy. Or you say, yes, I'll buy lien number 4227. If you happen to like that lien, you can buy it. And then of course, you pay the amount for that lien, you get that set interest rate, and if they don't pay you back in the required time, you can foreclose that lien. It's really that simple. Another process, it's called the round robin tax lien process. With this process, there is a set interest rate that you're gonna be paid as a tax lien investor. And when you register, you're gonna get a number. The number might be given in sequential order, it might just be a completely random number. The first lien will be offered to the person with that first number or however they you know, start their system. It's very much like the random selection process or the lottery process, although it goes in order. So what happens is the first lien is offered to the first person, the second lien is offered to the second person, the second, third lien is offered to the third person, so on and so forth. If you don't like the lien, you can pass it on to the next person until they find a buyer. Then the person in line after that buyer will receive the first opportunity to purchase the next lien. Eventually, if there are enough liens to be sold, you'll get a chance to buy another lien. So just picture a circle of chairs and you have a whole bunch of tax lien buyers sitting in this big circle. They start in one place and they say, do you want this lien? You say, yes, I'm gonna buy this lien. They go to the person next to you. They say, do you want this lien? You say, no, I'm not gonna buy this lien. So they offer it to the person right next to you. Then whoever buys that lien, the person right next to them, they get the opportunity to buy the next lien. It's just one big circle, it's round robin. You go from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. So it's very much like the random selection or lorry process in that you don't have the choice of the lien that you're able to buy. They ask you, do you wanna buy this lien? Yes or no. If you don't, they pass it on somebody else. If you do, you buy that lien. And when you buy that lien, you pay face value for that lien and you get a set interest rate. That's really all there is to it. Of course, random selection lottery process, they pick a number out of a hat, have balls, whatever you wanna do it. And when it comes to round robin process, they go from one person to the next. So similar systems, but a little bit different in how they select the people who are able to buy these liens. Now, the last type of system 
that we'll be discussing is thankfully one that's kind of lately become fairly rare. And it's referred to as the ownership bid down process. And you probably won't come across it, but I want to go and tell you about it just in case you do. In this process, as strange as it might sound, the person who is willing to accept the lowest of percentage, the least percentage of ownership interest in that property, should they need to foreclose that lien, would become the winner of that lien. Okay? Here's how it's going to work. Let's say a lien is offered for $1,000. The interest rate on it would be preset, and let's say it's determined by state law to be 7%. So the first bidder, he's going to pay $1,000 for that lien, and he gets 7%. Now, if there's a second bidder, they're going to have to start bidding down the ownership interest. So the first bidder, if you buy it at face value, you're going to become the 100% owner in the event that you have to foreclose that lien. The second bidder, he might bid 80% ownership. The next bidder, they might bid 50% ownership. So obviously what a lot of these guys are hoping is that the lien is redeemed. They're gonna get face value plus their interest rate and that's it. But if the lien is not redeemed, what would happen here is that the lien holder would become a co-owner of that property. So in the event they have to foreclose that lien, they'd become whatever percentage owner that they bid. So they have to go through the expense of the foreclosure and all that good stuff. And when they finally go through that expense, they don't own the property outright. And let, wait, let me back up here for one second. First off, if you buy that property at face value and you're the only bidder, you would have 100% ownership of that property. But if there's another bidder that bids a lower ownership interest in that property, then they're going to become a co-owner. So if they bid 40% ownership, and then they have to foreclose that property. If their lien does not get paid back, they have to foreclose it. They would become a 40% owner of that property along with the defaulting taxpayer who would still own the other 60% of the property. Can you see why this can be a difficult system to follow? It's very confusing. And the truth is, it's just aggravating. So what would happen is that 40% owners of the property, the tax lien holder that had to foreclose his tax lien, he owns a property 40% along with a 60% of the original owner. In order to realize here in his investment, he would either have to sell that 40% ownership back to that tax defaulting person, back to the tax defaulting owner who probably won't want to buy it from you. And if they can't do that, they'd have to sue them and try to force a partition sale hire attorneys, hire lawyers, pay them lots of money, all that good stuff. And the truth is it really opens a huge can of worms, can be very costly and gets ugly. So that's why they don't use the ownership bid down process in too many states anymore. But if you ever happen to see it, come back to this podcast and listen to what happens. So again, you'll start at face value. Everybody gets that face value and the set interest rate. If somebody else bids, they're willing to accept a lower ownership percentage And then what happens is they become co-owner if they have to foreclose that lien with the original defaulting owner. It's very confusing. But again, if you do see it, come back to this podcast and re-listen to it. So there you have it, all of the different types of tax lien sales. The two most popular that we discuss are, of course, the overbid states and the interest bid down states. These are followed by the random selection or lottery process, and then the round of the robin process. And then finally, the least used method is the ownership bid down method. One thing to also note here is that some municipalities will limit who they allow to bid on the properties and how they sell the properties. This is handled in an area-by-area basis, and in these types of situations, large bundles of liens, maybe thousands of liens, might be sold for millions of dollars each, 
or they might even limit participation to institutional investors only. We're talking about big banks, big REITs, those kind of folks. Just something we want to mention here. So that is all for this episode on tax liens. Thank you for joining me on the Tax Sell Podcast. And as always, for more information on tax sell investing and to get detailed training on how to invest profitably in tax foreclosed real estate and tax lien properties, head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and grab your free copy of my new book, Tax Sell Playbook. Let me order ship it and I will get it out to you in the mail. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.